Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. I'm so glad that you guys are here today. Would you stand up with me for the reading of the word? You ready? We're going to go to James chapter 3. Let me pull out my Bible. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. This is the word of the Lord. Would you join me in prayer? Let's just pause right here. Maybe take a couple long, deep breaths. And just, we're just going to receive and prepare to receive what God has for us in this moment. Lord, I believe that you have something new for everybody that's here. Lord, that was the word that was, was spoken, really given to me in pre-service prayer today, Lord. That, that, that there's a new season that you have for us here today. A new season that you have for people to step into. And so, Lord, we, we, we give ourselves to you. Lord, would you open our ears to hear what you would speak to us, open our eyes, that we would see you and what you want us to do, what you're calling us to do, who you're calling us to be, so that we can step into the new. Some of us, we need this desperately, God. We need to be out with the old, Lord. We need your help to, to put aside the old and to step into this new that you have for us. Lord, I know that this new season is full of freedom. And so, Lord, I just declare freedom over every person here. By the power of your spirit, Lord, I pray that freedom would rule and reign. Your freedom would rule and reign in and through our lives. Lord, your freedom is going to bring joy. It's going to release joy as it, as it releases a new season into our life, Lord. We, we receive that. We want that right now in Jesus' name. God, we just thank you for who you are. You're so amazing, God. Thank you for all your blessings, and thank you that the Mariners are going to the playoffs. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Come on. We've got to celebrate that. 21 years, people. Come on. Thank you for your prayers for the Mariners. Here's, a, here's the phrase I want to start our message with here this morning. Freedom comes through surrender. I want you to wrestle with that. Think about that. Ponder on that for a moment here. Freedom comes through surrender. 
Now, we all want freedom. Everybody wants to experience freedom. And we all have our idea of what freedom is and looks like and feels like and all that kind of stuff. But when you look at the ways of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, what you find is that freedom comes through surrender. It's one of the paradoxes. So many paradoxes in Jesus' teaching. Like, they're revolutionary. They're incredible. They're like upside down countercultural to what we would normally think. They kind of go against our, our instincts or our selfishness or our flesh. But, but Jesus says, if you want to find life, you got to lay it down. It's a paradox. Freedom comes through surrender. A lot of people say freedom is me doing whatever I want. And there's some truth to that. Like, you are free to do whatever you want. You and I are free to make any decision that we want to make. But just because I'm free to make any decision that I want doesn't mean that that decision is going to lead to freedom. I want to make decisions that take me in the direction of freedom. So freedom isn't just me doing what I want and making decisions that I want. Okay, you, we're all free to do that. But is the decision you're making taking you on the path to freedom? Those are the decisions I want to encourage you to make. And those are the decisions that require wisdom. I think the greatest decision that you and I would ever make is this decision to surrender our life to Jesus. And that's where it starts right there. If you've never said yes to Jesus, never surrendered your life, put your trust in him, then maybe today's the day for you to do that and find the life that he has for you. But that freedom and that life that Jesus has starts with surrender. And I'll be honest, guys, I've never, ever, ever regretted surrendering my life to Jesus. It's never, ever crossed my mind. And it's the greatest decision of our life. That's where freedom begins. But then there's certain areas in our life that we want to hold on to. Kind of started off this series talking about open-handed living. And there's certain areas that, that maybe we need to open our hand to Jesus and say, Jesus, I surrender this area of my life too. And then you're going to be getting to experience freedom in that area of your life. Because freedom begins with surrender. So I was listening to some discipleship guys a couple weeks ago. I'm kind of a discipleship junkie now. I just love studying discipleship and, and studying movements and what God is doing. I just want to be a part of the next revival that God brings. I just, I, I'm longing for that. I, I just, there's, there's, we're seeing beginnings of just incredible things even here within our community that I, just get me super excited. I love, I love it. God's on the move. And we just want to jump on board with what God is doing and let him do his thing. And so I'm just I'm studying movements and discipleship. And I just love it. And so I was listening to a couple of guys. They've got some cool things going on within their church. And they said, there's three things that we've noticed with the people that are really growing as disciples of Jesus, as followers of Jesus. There's three quality traits that stand out far above the, the rest. There's lots of good qualities and characteristics we should have. But he said, they, they said, these are the three. They're, they're faithfully doing three things, actually. Three things, faithfully. They are attending, they're tithing, and they're serving. When people faithfully do those three things, that's, those are the people that we're seeing are really growing and in, in they're really, be, really being disciples of Jesus. And so I was wrestling with that, just kind of thinking that. I thought that's, it's interesting. They're faithfully doing those three things. And then the first thought in my mind is faithfulness is so important. <laughs> like faithfulness. We live in a day and age where, where flakiness seems to be more of the fruit of the Spirit than faithfulness. Too many flaky people out there. Let me encourage you, don't be flaky. One of the fruits of the Spirit that should come out of our life is faithfulness. 
God is always faithful to us, guys. He will never, ever let us down, even when we are not faithful. He is always faithful. We're thankful that this is an important quality for you and I to possess, just faithfulness. Okay, hey, if you're single and you're, you're looking to mingle, you need to look for somebody who's faithful. That's got to be like the number one quality you look at. Are they faithful? Are they faithful to, to Jesus? Are they faithful to their calling and who they're called to be? Or are they just going here and then here and then here and then there, going to this person and this person and this person? If they're not faithful, stay far away, my friend. Okay, just a little dating advice right there. Okay, so faithfulness. Let's not go down that rabbit hole any further. Faithfulness is so important that you and I are faithful men and women. And so these guys were saying they're faithful in those three things. They're faithful in attending, tithing, and serving. And in this series, those are the things we've, we've mentioned. We've been focusing on the financial part. But we talked about being good stewards of our time, our treasures, and our talents. It's so important that you and I are good stewards of all of those areas of our life. We want to be a steward, a faithful steward of our time. And that connects to attendance? Am I attending? Am I connecting with community and putting myself in a position to grow on a regular basis? That's so important. And it's difficult for people to do. I mean, we're busy. We value our time, don't we? It's, it's a big deal to us. But when I am giving God that time faithfully, that's going to help me grow in my relationship with him. And so, and then tithing, it's, it's, it's our treasure, right? We want to be faithful with our treasures. Tithing is connected to that. It's our giving. It's our generosity. Uh, faithful with serving. That's our talents, using the gifts that God has, has given us. And what they said is, those three areas rise to the top because those are the three hardest areas for us to surrender in our life. It is super hard for people to surrender their time, their tithe, and... Use their gifts to serve. That's also another time issue sometimes. It's very hard for us to surrender these areas to the Lord in our life. But guys, surrender brings freedom. Surrender helps me go further and faster with God. Surrender is the starting place for all of these things. And I just pray that you and I would be faithful in all areas of our life. And faithful especially in these, these areas of our life. And here's what helps me be faithful with all these. I just realized it's all his anyway. Like, he's given me this time. He's giving me my life. My life, my time belongs to him. I want to steward it the best that I possibly can. He's given me everything that I have, all my treasures. I want to steward it for him, for his glory. He's given me my gifts, my talents. I want to use that for him and for his kingdom, not just for my kingdom. And so as I have that perspective, it helps me to be faithful with all of those areas in my life. And so remember this. God wants you to be free and he wants you to be free financially. That's the whole, the whole theme of this financial freedom series, right? And I know, again, this is a tough topic for a lot of people. This can be very emotional. Money can be a very emotional thing. It can be very discouraging. Uh, you know, maybe you've been there. Maybe you've seen people get to this place. When you feel like you're a failure financially, it brings deep discouragement. Even depression, it brings... Like people lose their confidence in who they are and they lose their confidence just in life when you feel like you're a failure financially. But God doesn't want you to be a failure. He wants you to be free and he wants you to grow in this area. If you trust him and allow him, I promise you God can bring freedom to your financial life. The tagline for the series has been all along, maybe you've seen it, noticed it, but it's 
More than enough. Well, how many want more than enough? That's the God we serve. He's got more than enough for you, not even just financially, but more than enough in every area of our, our life. That is his heart for you and I, if we would just trust him in these areas of our lives. Today, we're going to talk about how wisdom helps us with this. Talk about wisdom and knowledge and lies and, and freedom. And talk about the power of, of wisdom and, and how it's really a weapon we can use in our life. Proverbs as many of you probably know, has a lot to say about wisdom. Proverbs 2, the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold? Now, gold's pretty good, right? That's like, it's pretty valuable. It's, it can be nice to have. Wisdom is better to get insight rather than Silver. Proverbs 23, buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. Proverbs 4, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. <laughs> I love that. Though it cost you all you have, get understanding. So God's word's pretty clear. Like, go after wisdom with everything that you got. You and I desperately need wisdom. This week I was reading through the digital program. Uh, Pastor Autumn does a great job as our admin. She updates our, our digital program every week. We encourage you to read and look at the digital program. Some of you still maybe have never, ever, ever checked it out. It's, it's great. That, lots of stuff in there. You can sign up for those two things that Pastor John Mark talked about earlier. But I was, I was just checking out the digital program, just kind of seeing what, you know, if we need to change anything. And I saw this quote underneath the Financial Peace University promotional piece that she had placed in there. It's a quote from Dave Ramsey. And this is what he said. Too many smart financial people, quotes, reject simple money practices. Big mistake. Never confuse smart with wise. I thought, well, that's good to have in our digital program. That fits nice right into our wisdom message here this morning. So that's why I included it in there. Never confuse smart with wise. The question is, what are we going to be? You want to settle for smart or do you want to be wise with your finances? And I'd encourage you, you need help in this area of your life? Sign up for Financial Peace University. There's just a few more spots left at the discounted price. Uh, it's still going to be open to anybody, but regardless of what you pay, it will be worth it. You will be blessed and it will help you be free and find peace financially. So I just, I plugged that. It's in the digital program. Check it out. Let us know if you want to sign up. Uh, you can do that even just on the connect card. Now, don't forget the summer of 2007. I don't know if you remember what you were doing that summer, but I remember 2007, man, I had, we had a ton of fun trips that we did. The highlight of which was Pastor Amy and I took a bunch of teenagers to Scotland. Vanessa Ness was on that trip. She went to Scotland with us. It was just an incredible ministry and life experience. But also that summer, we decided to put our house on the market because, remember 2007? That's the peak of everything. Remember when everything was booming and exploding and our houses were like, man, my house has never been worth this much. This is great. And so me and Amy are looking at our house like we've got so much equity in our house now. Come on, let's sell this bad boy and let's cash in and get a big house. Like we had this nice, cute little house that we had purchased with like no money down back when you could actually do that. 
And then also we had this equity, like let's sell this and get into a big house. This is just before Jaden. And we had planned on having three kids, not just two, but Jaden caused us to stop at two. And we wanted a bigger house. That was kind of the plan. Our growing family needs a bigger house. And that's the, we had our eye on a house that we were going to buy in this neighborhood. And so we put our house on the market. We're hoping for like a full price offer, which was not abnormal in those days. And we got two full price offers. Actually, one I think was just a little bit above full price. And so we're sitting at our kitchen table. Me and Amy and our real estate agent with this, this offer to sell our house. And we're like, so excited. Okay, here we go. And as we sit there at the table, I had this check in my spirit. And I began to think to myself, I don't know if I should do this. You ever have a moment like that where you just begin to really wrestle? Is this the right thing for me to do? You know that, that saying, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? You just wish sometimes, like, I wish I could just kind of peer time open and go forward into the future and like look back and see, okay, what's the right decision for you to make in this moment? And then I can sit back and say, I know what I need to do. It's one of those, those moments where like, I, I, I'm wrestling, I'm struggling. Have you ever heard of a guy named Sam Bowie? There's a picture of Sam Bowie right here. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy. Sam Bowie was drafted by the Portland Trailblazers back in 1984. And he is famous for being not just the number two pick in the draft by the Portland Trailblazers, but Portland passed up on this guy who ended up being the number three pick in the draft. This is the guy that was picked right after Sam Bowie. Go to the next picture, please. I don't know if you recognize this guy right here. <laughs> Anybody know who this is? Okay. Portland passed up. The greatest basketball player that has ever walked planet Earth, Michael Jordan, and picked Sam Bowie. <laughs> it's like if Portland only knew back in 1984, right? If they only knew, don't choose Sam Bowie. Like, how many of you have ever heard of Sam Bowie? And if you raise your hand, it's only because you're a, a sports junkie, right? You're, a, you're an avid sports fan like me, okay? I prefer avid sports fan, maybe, not junkie. <laughs> You only know because of that, but everybody's heard of Michael Jordan, right? Like, you don't even have to like basketball or know anything about basketball. Like, oh, I know Michael Jordan. Everybody on planet Earth has heard of Michael Jordan, pretty much. Nobody knows who Sam Bowie is if Portland had only known. Ugh. You know what's even more hilarious or sad, depending on how you look at it? 23 years later, the Portland Trailblazers have the number one pick in the draft now. Not just number two, but number one pick in the draft. And they choose Greg Oden. You ever heard of Greg Oden? Probably not, unless you follow sports a little bit. Stud college basketball player. Great guy. But they passed up, you know, the Seattle Supersonics. God rest their soul. They had the number two pick in that draft that year. And they chose Kevin Durant. You ever heard of Kevin Durant? Okay. He is top one, two, maybe three uh, players within the NBA still today. <laughs> Again, Portland chose unwisely. And it's forever known as the curse of Sam Bowie over the Portland Trailblazers <laughs> organization because they obviously lacked wisdom in their draft picks where they passed up on the greatest player ever and who is considered to be one of probably the greatest player currently right now in Kevin Durant. Today, we're going to talk about making wise decisions. 
And yes, hindsight is twenty twenty. But what if God could help you right now in this moment? What if God could impart wisdom into you to help you make the best decisions? Do you know that God wants to give you wisdom? Do you know that God wants to help you with every area of your life, but especially when it comes to finances? So the question we're going to address today is this. How do I make wise financial decisions? The Proverbs talks a lot about wisdom. We just read a bunch of those. It also talks a lot about being a fool. And you and I, we can be either wise or foolish with our finances. And I think it's pretty safe to say that none of us woke up today thinking, you know, I just really want to be a fool today with my money. I'm just going to blow it all and spend all my money. I just want to be stupid with my money. Okay? Nobody thought that or even said that, right? But unfortunately, sometimes we live that way. We can be foolish and unwise with our money. Proverbs 19. The one who gets wisdom loves life. The one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. So here's the key. The key to financial freedom is this. It is making wise decisions with the money that God has already blessed you with. That's the key. Wise financial decisions with the money that he has already blessed you with. Some of us, we have not been making wise decisions. You know that saying, you know, if you keep doing what you've always been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've always been getting. Do you want to keep getting what you've been getting? Or maybe do you need to make some changes? Okay, if you and I live outside of God's best plan for our finances, we are going to live out of God's best plan for our life. And so it's got to come to this place where I trust God with this area of my life. And some of us might need to still make some difficult financial decisions. Because here's what I've learned is that sometimes the wise decision is the hard decision. Because it goes against my feelings and what I want to do. But we've got to understand this. God wants to get you off the path of financial stress and onto the path of financial freedom. And here's what you learn when you really begin to study God's word and all that he has to say about how to steward what he's given us, our treasures and our finances. You realize that God's ways are pretty simple. They're not complicated by any means. And a lot of them are just common sense. But even though, though, though they're easy to understand, they're often hard to do. Because here's what we learn. Managing your finances is 20% knowledge, but 80% behavior. Like so many things in life. Oh yeah, I know, I know what to do, but I don't do it, right? I don't live it out. So 20% knowledge, it's good to have the knowledge. I got to grow. I got to learn. But it's 80% behavior. And some of us have to change our behavior. Not our knowledge, but our behavior. And maybe there's some more knowledge that needs to take place within our life to help us. I read this tweet this week that I thought was hilarious. You might, you might enjoy this. This lady tweeted, I told my husband I was going to hang out with some friends. And he asked me where. As if we both didn't already know, I was going to Target, and my friends were the cashiers. <laughs> That's awesome right there. That's somebody who's got a Target habit right there, right? She's buddies with the cashiers there. They all know her name. Okay. So I want to help you make some wise. That lady maybe is not making wise financial decisions all the time. Seven signs I'm not making wise financial decisions. Seven signs right here. Number one, my debt is growing or I'm making the minimum monthly payment on my debt or on my credit card. Number two, if I miss one paycheck and I'm not able to pay my rent or pay my mortgage and my bills, 
And I don't believe God wants you to live paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. I believe that he wants you to have more than enough. Number three, my spouse and I fight constantly over money. Or if you're single and you just fight with yourself. Okay, then you can put that in there. (laughs) Number four, I don't put money into savings or retirement every month. It's another sign that I'm making unwise financial decisions. Number five, I made at least one impulsive purchase last week. Watch out for the CIA, like I talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, Number six, because of my financial situation, I feel I can't obey God. That's going to be a big one for a lot of us. Some of you, God may call you to go on a missions trip, but you're like, I can't. That's a big one. Number seven, I constantly stress about, or I'm constantly stressed about money. Those are seven signs that I may be making unwise financial decisions. And there's usually a root cause in all of these. And and really the, the, the problem or the root cause is this. There are certain lies that we find ourselves believing. It comes down to lies that we believe. And there's so many lies out there about, about finances. I want to address some of those. But oftentimes these lies that we believe, unconsciously or not, they, they contradict Scripture. And when we live out these lies, the truth is we're living in bondage, not freedom. So lie number one, let's, let's identify these lies and let's replace them with some truth, okay? That's, that's how you combat lies in your life. You identify them and replace them with truth. So number one, I deserve a better life now. Now we might not, not say a lot of these things ever, but we think them when we live them. I deserve a better life now. Like we can tend to be pretty impatient, right? Like save until I can actually afford it? No, I want it now. And what we see take place is like people in their 20s and 30s, they want to live at the the same level, same lifestyle as their parents do who actually took three decades to get to that place. And so we get things we can't afford. I got to do this. I got the house has to look like this and all this. And we just do things we shouldn't do. We get into debt in order to live the life that I deserve to have right now. The problem is we don't just hurt ourselves now. We hurt ourselves in the long run too. So the truth is this. Life is better when I exercise wisdom. The lie. I deserve a better life now. No, no, no. Actually, truth. Life is better when I exercise wisdom. Use wisdom. Lie number two. There are certain things I cannot be happy without. Again, we may never say that, but we too often live it. Like Tyrone, you don't understand. Have you seen that new 70-inch LCD, HD, plasma, smart, 3D, OLED, 1080p smart TV? It's incredible. Like, I, I have to have it. Like, how can I not? And that does sound cool. I get it. Okay. But, you know, we convince ourselves, I have to have this. I have to have a TV subscription. In order to make it. I have to have this. I have to have my $4 cup of coffee every single day. I have to have this brand new car. I have to. I have to. Okay, here's the, here's the truth, guys. The truth is this. You already have everything you need to be happy. We need to start declaring that over ourselves. Speaking. I have everything I need to be happy. Everything. I don't need that. It would be nice. I kind of like it. I want it. Nope. I'm I'm happy. Some of us need to have these conversations in our brain. No, I'm, I'm already happy. You know, some of the happiest people I've ever met 
I've met in third world countries on mission trips, and they have nothing compared to us. Nothing. They got Jesus. They're full of the joy of Jesus. They're full of life. And they're just so contagious and so amazing. But they got nothing compared to us. But they're happy. They're, feeling, they're filled with joy in their life. And the truth is this, guys. Hey, if we believe happiness comes from stuff, then we got big issues in our life. Lie number three. I have to have a car payment. Mm. This, is a, this is a tough one for a lot of us. I have to. Everybody has a, a car payment. I can't drive this old clunker. Okay? And I'll just say this. A couple things to balance that. Because you don't have to have a car payment. But it is okay to drive the car till the wheels fall off. Because you can just buy new wheels and put them back on. Okay? Just get new wheels. Okay? And you keep going. Right? Okay? Then some people say, like, I got to have a reliable car. And I get that, too. There's something about having reliable transportation. So if you can live with a monthly payment for your car and it, it, it adds zero stress to your monthly budget, that's fine. That's your choice. But for most people, it is a major stress within their monthly budget that they feel like they have to have and they can't live without. Here's the truth. No car payment is freedom. Imagine that pay raise in your monthly budget. Some of you have experienced that and that felt good. No car payment is freedom. <laughs> Lie number four. Good parents spend on their kids. Oh, this is a tough one. Okay, guys, I feel for parents these days. Seriously, I feel for y'all. I feel like, like these birthday parties parents throw nowadays, like you got to rent the whole circus and this clown show in your backyard. And you're like... There's so much pressure for this. Like, I'll never forget when Jude turned one and we had 10 people over to his house and he got to have cake for the first time in his life. And that was like a big deal. <laughs> so, and now it's like, there's so much pressure for all this production, all this. And I, I feel it. Let me just encourage you to exercise wisdom in this. Good parents don't spend on their kids. Like we're constantly wrestling through decisions, wrestling through the whole like, should we do the club sports with all that kind of stuff? I said, so expensive. But here's, here's what I would say to this. Insert this truth. Good parents love on their kids. And that's what your kids need. Okay, they just want your love. That's all they want. That's all they need. And some of us, if, if gift giving is our love language, then that's a tough one, right? Because we just want to love everybody. Like, here's this, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this. Okay, so, but... Good parents love on their kids. They, you don't have to spend. And if you feel like you have to spend, here's, here's what I've learned, especially this year, with the, you know, the cost of everything going up. Um, you know, we're not going to Froyo anymore, Jaden. We're going to McDonald's, get that $1 ice cream cone. Okay, sounds fun. You know, we just go enjoy the $1 ice cream cone at McDonald's. You know, so just focus on loving on your kids. Number five, line number five, building wealth is wrong. Some of us, we, we struggle with this. Isn't it like you're like a holy, righteous person if you live in poverty? And that's been a mindset for a lot of people for a lot of years. I think now to build wealth is, is, is wrong. You shouldn't do that. Now, I will say this. We got to check our motives. Why am I doing this? What's the reason for this? If I'm doing it for myself and to build my kingdom, then that is wrong. But to do it for God's glory and to... 
to multiply what he has given me, that is not wrong. Proverbs 13, 11. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. So the truth is this. Building wealth is actually biblical. Jesus told the parable. He gave you talents, gave you gifts. Multiply that. Whatever God has given you, multiply it. Grow it. Okay, we're called to grow the kingdom of God. We're called to grow what God has, has given us. So it's a biblical thing to do, okay? And then lie number six, this is the last one. Last one. My outward appearance is more important than my financial freedom. This traps a lot of us. It is a trap. We want people to think we're successful. We want people to look at us and think they got it together. They've arrived. And so we buy this, do this. And we live outside of our means to really please other people. And what this really is, if we get down to the root of it spiritually uh, within, our, within ourselves, it is a fear of man. I'm living life to please people, other people. Because it's all about my outward appearance. It's all about how I look. And, and if I focus on my outward appearance, I am going to make unwise decisions. But it's a fear of man. Proverbs says this. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. We need to break a fear of man over our life. If that's, if that's controlling us, that's a spirit that needs to be broken. The fear of man will control us. It'll grip us. It causes us to live life to please other people who don't really care that much. Yeah. What we want to do is have a fear of God, which is really a, a, a life that just lives to please him. God, I just want to please you. I'm going to live for you, not other people. Proverbs 9, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. All throughout Proverbs, even in Psalms, you can see that phrase that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's why I love that New Living there says it's the foundation of wisdom. This is where wisdom starts. It's with the fear of God. A fear of God is a, uh, it's an honoring him first in every area of my life. It's a, a deep respect for who he is and awe of who he is and just living a life that desires to please him and nobody else. That's a fear of God. And fear of God will bring freedom into your life. So don't believe the lies, guys. Those are just six lies that we could address, but don't believe the lies. They don't lead to freedom, especially this like living for the outward appearance and this image, kind of keeping my image up. That leads to financial bondage in your life, not financial freedom. So what we need is we need wisdom. James 1, I love this, this verse here. Such an important sentence in the Bible. If you, any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. I'll never forget coming across that as like an 18 or 19-year-old, and I read that, I thought, that's it for me. Like, I'm an idiot. I make dumb decisions. Anybody to identify? Like, like I, I just, I lack wisdom, God. That's my verse. Like, that's that for years. That was my, like, my life verse. I constantly, this is still a part of my prayer life. God, give me wisdom. I need wisdom from you. Maybe you need to pray that prayer. And he gives, how, how does he give? Generously to all without finding fault. I love that, right? Yeah, you've been stupid, but I'm gonna give you some wisdom. Okay, here you go. I wanna help you out. I love you. I'm here for you. Wisdom, the Greek word of wisdom is Sophia. 
It's the capacity to understand and act on it. So it's wisdom is really I'm understanding and I'm li- I have this ability to live it out. That's why I love James talks a lot about wisdom. And that passage that Pastor John Mark just read a few minutes ago talks about heavenly wisdom and earthly wisdom. And so there's two kinds of wisdom. Let's look at that again. James 3. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in, the, in humility that come from what? From what? Wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. James doesn't hold back. He just goes straight to the, to the heart, right? Goes for the jugular. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven, that's what we want right there, guys. There is an earthly wisdom and there's a heavenly wisdom that God wants to pour out onto you. Wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. I just pray that God pours out heavenly wisdom onto you, especially in the area of finances. So remember I told you I was wrestling with selling my house. Maybe some of you thought, he didn't finish that story. What did he do? It's driving some of you crazy. I'll tell you next week. Come back next week. I'll let you know what I did. Actually, what happens, we're sitting around the kitchen table, the same one we still have in our house today, and me and Amy and our real estate agent, and she looks at me, our real estate agent looks at me, and she can tell I'm second-guessing myself. She saw it, and she's like, you're second-guessing this, aren't you? I said, uh, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why this hasn't happened before this moment, but I have this check in my spirit. I don't feel like we should sell this house. And she looked at me, our real estate agent looked at me and she said, you should probably go with that. That's God. So took those papers that we're getting ready to sign to sell our house, slid them back to her and we didn't sell our house. And that one decision, I can honestly say, has saved our family financially through the years. Oh yeah, it would have been great that year to make bank on the house and get this bigger house that just a year and a half later, we would have lost and had to foreclose on and would have been in the negative and it just would have been a very, you know, a lot of people, maybe some of you, you've, you went through that and I feel for you. But in that moment, the Spirit of God spoke to me and I just, this check in my spirit, like this is not the right thing to do. And literally, like a full, more than full price offer, I just slid it away and I didn't sign it. Like people would say, you're nuts, that's weird. But it ended up being wisdom. And we're able to buy a house. Everywhere we've gone, we've been able to buy a house because we didn't sell that house in that moment and get into a house. That's why we're able to get into a house today. Because in ministry, we've never made a lot of money, but God has always blessed us and provided us as we've trusted him in this area of our life. I believe God wants to give you wisdom for even important moments like that. 
financial decisions that could make or break several years of your life. Come on, don't you want that heavenly wisdom from God? Don't you need that? Oh, Lord. Here's, here's how you can manage your money wise. Five things I want to give you. Write these down. Budget. Number two, get and stay out of debt. Number three, build an oh no fund. Number four, plan with the future in mind. And then number five, be faithful and generous with your tithes and your offerings. You do those five things, that's wise. Now, some people will look at you and say, that's weird. You're like, no, no, that's not weird. It's wise. That's wisdom. Heavenly wisdom looks weird to people of the world who don't believe in God or you want to trust in him. But I want to live by heavenly wisdom, not earthly wisdom. Budget. Most of us don't like to budget. Come on. Most of us can't stand it, but we got to do it. You need help? Get in Financial Peace University. They will help you. Get and stay out of debt. Debt is not freedom, it's bondage. Build an oh no fund because oh no will happen, right? It's gonna happen. Uh, number four, plan with the future in mind. Maybe say no to some things now so you can say yes in the future when it really makes sense. And be faithful, be faithful. There's that word again, faithful and generous with your tithes and your offerings. That's managing your money wise. The key, friends, is this. The key to financial freedom, wise decisions making wise decisions with the money that God has already blessed you with. You already have what God wants to use to help you move for, uh, forward in your financial life. I think God's gonna speak to you on what you need to do in regards to this area of your life. Here's some next steps. Some things that came to my mind in preparing for this. God may speak some different things to you. You listen to what the Spirit of God is speaking to you in regards to financial freedom. But register for FPU is one of them. Some of you, you need to make that difficult choice and faithfully attend that and go through it. Take the 90-day tithe challenge. There's a group of people that are doing that for the next 90 days. They're like, I've never tithed. I'm going to do this. I'm going to test God in this. I'm going I'm to try this out, see how it goes. Take the 90-day tithe challenge. Write your name and your email address in the Connect card, and I'll email you along with those other people that are doing it. Um, have a budget committee meeting. That means get together with your spouse and walk through your budget. Okay, a little budget committee meeting. Let's talk through this. Uh, if, it's, if you're single, find a, a friend that you trust with this area. You can just help, they can bring accountability to that area of your life. Number four, identify lies I'm believing. Replace them with truth. This is a big one, guys. This is a big one. Lies lead to bondage. But God has freedom for you. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Put your trust in Jesus. Some of you, maybe you've never put your trust in Jesus. You never said yes to him. Today's your day. Just start right there. Surrendering your life to Jesus, following him, and, and allowing him to give you the life that he has for you. What do you need to do? Write it down. Tell somebody. Do it. Live it out this week. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.